0: Hello and welcome to ASM Connected, the podcast brought to you by ASM Technologies. In this episode, our Account Director for Systems Integrators, Stephen Dale, has a conversation with Daniel Thomas, who is the Sales Director for the UK and Ireland at Owingu. For those that don't know, Owingu Software is an online workspace solution which gives users secure access to company apps and files. Their vision is to empower everyone to work easily and securely. Let's not waste any more time and get right into this episode welcome
1: daniel thanks for joining me
2: thanks steve great to be here i
1: don't know about you do we do we call this a v meet i think you get people at all meeting these days when you've not met them
2: it's do you get that yeah, on email? It's, it's one of those strange things because of lockdown they've, they've been i've seen on linkedin and people have started new relationships business relationships with new customers new partners and yeah and they they haven't met and it's 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 odd particularly you know when you're in sales and and that sort of face-to-face in-person experience is is a sort of key part of it so it is strange and I'm looking forward to meeting you Steve good good do you write on an email yet have you brought yourself to go nice to e-meet you how does that make you feel (laughs) i still haven't found the right way to do that i don't i don't know if anyone has actually pleased to make your acquaintance that's all very official yeah so if it's
1: e-meet in writing this is a v-meet but i've not heard anybody say that so the the jury's out on that yeah i was mentioning simplicity that's sort of a bit of a, a theme for today and what you guys do as a business it sounds simple i'm sure it's not there's some great technology in the background. But in my view, uh, access secure access to company apps and files, it sounds just a little bit like the cloud. Is it? Is it something for people that are not in the cloud or, or am I getting it wrong?
2: Look, What a Wingu is, is, is a, a secure gateway that bolts onto your existing infrastructure. It's what we call a virtual appliance, which means it's essentially located on a server. That server can be on-premise or in the cloud. So it's, it's, I wouldn't classify it as cloud. It certainly works in conjunction with, with cloud and one of our partners, Microsoft, we're on the Azure marketplace, but it's, yeah, it's not in, inextricably linked.
1: So I did, I was looking up the details and I did find a statement from somebody talking about your technology. Uh, let me just read this out. He writes, A Wingu is the easiest, fastest and smoothest way for businesses to transition into a mobile first, and cloud first world. So that's come from a guy called Stephen Guggenheimer, uh, CVP and chief evangelist of Microsoft. Now, that's a hell of a statement. He's saying the easiest, fastest, smoothest. I'm thinking that's how you might describe a boxer or an athlete. You know, that's a a hell of an endorsement. And I see that uh, this chap, Stephen Guggenheimer, is now working for hsbc so given he speaks so highly of you have you put that call in yet for a meeting
2: i mean the boxing analogy is just to continue that we we do certainly punch above our weight and that's something that is becoming clearer and clearer to me in the uk market as we have conversations with partners with customers look it's always great to receive endorsements from from our partners it's even nicer i think to, to have endorsements from end customers you know a happy customer becomes a sort of brand ambassador and we've, we've found that more and more where where customers are they're just really happy with the solution and they end up becoming a sort of evangelist almost themselves you know i think apple's encouraged that quite quite nicely i mean anyone with two or more apple products i think would probably be classified as a brand ambassador as well and to answer your question yeah he, he's actually still at microsoft but he's he's taken a non-executive directorship at hsbc yeah we'll see where those conversations go Absolutely. I
1: think it's really difficult to get that kind of endorsement that you're able to use. You know, you know, people are protective over putting their neck on the line and and endorsing one product over perhaps another. So that's, yeah, I can see why that's right up there on your website. That is a a really great statement. So I want to jump in. We're going to obviously work to a bit of a plan just in case we wander off. We'll try and bring it back on track and run this theme of simplicity through it. So Initially, I want to talk about that ease and simplicity that your solution provides in the line of how my colleagues have found working with Owingu and your solution, because they found it easy to understand. So we'll explore that. And then I want that to move us into a bit of a discussion around the subject of disruption and how we all know sort of the famous disruption stories out there, but How we then apply that into the technologies that we're working with with our customers in that relevant way. And hopefully, we'll tie it all together with how that simplicity of of solutions and in our sort of home life maybe are the same thing because obviously, work and home are the same thing for most of us at the moment. Does that sound like a reasonable plan?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Very topical. Good stuff.
1: Just to get you warmed up though i'm going to ask you some simple questions um this is kind of an a b type thing so you won't have to overthink it on the theme of simplicity again what is more simple in 2020 first question is it planning a restaurant trip with the family for a meal face masks and everything or is it sticking to social distancing rules and a one-way system in the supermarket and then having to cook when you get home I
2: think it's it's going to have to be cooking at home. I mean, I, I love eating out, uh, and it's great we can again. It's all about that experience. But for me, cooking at home with the family, it's therapeutic, and uh, I don't mind a bit of queuing in the supermarket. It gives you time to check your emails and listen to the radio.
1: The one-way system and the social distancing, that seems to be all bets are off once you're inside.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know how effective that is and how much people are sticking to that, really. It's a bit of a free-for-all in some of those aisles. But going to a restaurant again, it
1: just doesn't quite feel the same yet. The plastic screens, the face coverings. So, yeah, I'm probably on your side a little yeah. bit with that, I think.
2: I um, think so. I was out having a coffee the other day and someone complained to the waiter that they were too close to someone else. and they had to you know move the table and it was all just a bit sort of, you know, a lot, lot of hassle for a coffee.
1: Yeah, no no one's coined the term or have not heard social distancing rage yet. No, it's It's looming. It's it's definitely coming. (laughs) So next question, which is more simple in 2020? Family bike ride out into the woods or somewhere nice or staying at home, filling the paddling pool, doing the the,
2: the whole water park thing and and having to (laughs) clear up after? Yeah, I think I think for me, Steve, it's it's got to be the family bike ride. We, we live near a, a big forest, and uh, I just just love getting out into the fresh air. And also, I think we've all spent long enough at home the past few months. And over lockdown, I've become pretty proud of my my lawn. <laughs> it's it's one of my, <laughs> you know, one of my little projects, getting that lawn looking good. So the last thing I want to do is is wreck it with paddling pool and whatnot it's a it's exciting at the start
1: when you're filling it up and it's all really good but then it, it's the carnage afterwards where you're going to put the water or do you leave it in case it's nice tomorrow that's a bit of well, a hassle
2: the water goes on my veg patch but it's uh you know <laughs> it's 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 the mud that they create
1: <laughs> yeah the garden the garden's more important take the kids out instead yeah definitely definitely, definitely. last right last one on this uh which is more simple in 2020 growing your own veg to feed the family or (laughs) trying to decide between you on which takeaway to get delivered?
2: I don't know. I think the two can be, (laughs) they're not um, inextricably linked really. I I, I like growing veg. For me, it's one of the many benefits of of working from home. I can just pop into the garden and check on it, but I I do like a takeaway and, and I think I've probably had too many during lockdown.
1: Which has given you more challenges though, deciding on that or growing those veg?
2: Oh, deciding on the takeaway definitely.
1: Yeah, I, I, like... I love
2: my curries, but my wife loves her, her Chinese, so it's it's always a battle.
1: Yeah, although I don't imagine growing your own veggies is particularly easy.
2: You know, it's actually it is pretty easy. Yeah, you just just do a little bit of reading to getting some good a good crop. It just needs a bit of care and attention. So
1: so long as you're not billing for your time and comparing it with the cost of actually buying the stuff in the supermarket.
2: Yeah, you've got to, you got it. You you do it out of love, not not out of uh, saving money or anything. It's it's. Uh, I've actually just harvested some artichokes that I grew, and uh, they they it's so rewarding to eat something you've you've just taken from your own garden.
1: Yeah, I agree. Living living off the land. Maybe you could uh, yeah. pop pop some of them on top of the takeaway pizza. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Yeah. that's one of your five a day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Right, okay, so jumping into the sort of main crux of the question, wanting to learn a little bit more about your solution and where it sort of fits. It's complicated times at the moment. Obviously, the world's gone mad. Our industry is talking about lots of innovative technologies, a lot of complicated stuff like artificial intelligence, robotic process automation, augmented reality all very fancy, but what's happened when the Oingu solutions come along and our team have learnt about it, they've they've really embraced that simplicity of, of your messaging, uh, of what it does and the problem it solves. And I wanted to ask you, is that simplicity, is it something that is new as a focus for your business, or has it always been wingu's goal and, and method?
2: I mean, the business has been going just under 10 years, most definitely our ethos and our mission has always been been focused around that sort of simplicity, ease of use. You know life's complex enough, and we're sort of making sure that our product is 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 not a cause of of stress or anxiety. You know fundamentally no one wants unnecessary complexity in their life. So yeah, that's something that's been running through a wingu since the start.
1: So is it still is it one product that delivers that that access, it's that? It's that dialing into the app and what you would normally get if you were in the office. Is that it, one, one product? Sort of spoil that simplicity as you go, oh, we've got another add-on and another add-on.
2: Mm. No, and, and that's it. So it is, it's one single product. When when you buy an Awingu license, that that's exactly what you're doing, you one product. There's no you know menu of options, modules, components. You need this and this and that to, to make that work. Again, that's just unnecessary complexity. You have a Wingu, and it comes with a whole host of features, a huge load of security features like multi-factor authentication built in, so on and so forth. What it's one thing, and that's another thing. People like, you know, it's 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 all in one turnkey solution. Off you go.
1: Well, yeah, I think that's why my colleagues have sort of seen it as a breath of fresh air really even even the pricing model is is simple you know you can mm. you can have your subscription or you can just buy it outright like we all used to do and that that's it don't make it any more complicated yeah
2: that's right yeah now i i'm, I'm still quite shocked actually when i look at particularly in the tech sector um certain certain vendors large and small more the large ones when it comes to looking at their price lists oh, it's just trying to get your head around you know what you'd actually need to buy i don't know i don't know why they create that kind of barrier to 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 selling it why why make it hard for people to, to buy it doesn't make sense to me
1: yeah i wonder if that complexity just builds a lot of these big companies they go out and acquire another piece of technology that's that's maybe come with a different license structure you know do they just evolve into that complexity or maybe by design they want to confuse you so that they can steer you down a particular path?
2: Yeah, I think there's a bit of bit of both in there. You're right. I think some big, big businesses that have, have had lots of acquisitions over the years, they've been going several decades. That complexity, unfortunately, is, is hard to escape from. And I think it's something where we win. You know, we, we're, we're young and agile and fresh and new. We're born in the cloud. Um, and it's something the sort of slower, more lumbering uh, beasts out there simply can't can't achieve just due to their size. And I, and I do remember when I worked in media, actually, just talking about uh, intentionally having a complex price structure. That That is something that it is a tactic done, definitely, where we used to have, for advertising, we used to have a really overly complicated <laughs> structure for the pricing. And it would basically purposely be designed that way so that it would force customers to to contact you directly, which is obviously what you want to do. Yeah, conversation
1: we see that a lot so we we produce software catalogs to feed the regularly purchased software products into our customers' system through integration or, or a price list and sometimes you, you go yeah let's let's put this publisher in you know we've sold their product a little bit let's add them in see what interest we get and there's 1400 SKUs just for that one publisher <laughs> you know you're suddenly just clogging up the price feed and even if a customer or a user wanted to tap into that and say right I just want to order one more license it's a little bit of a minefield as to what yeah. they need so then you have to engage it's not as hands-free and it defeats the object of having a price feed so yeah I don't, I don't know how many skews you've got but I think it'll be easy for us to get it into our catalogs for sure.
2: I mean, it, we we have one, um, really, you know, um, you could argue we have two uh, because of the uh, perpetual and subscription models, but, you know, that's it. And actually, I do find when we're talking to, again, both partners, uh, new partners and new, new, new end customers, sometimes, I think sometimes people are quite wary if something seems too simple when they're expecting complexity, that can actually make them quite uh, sort of question whether... You know the, the the quality of of what they're looking to buy, the sort of legitimacy of it. So it's it's an interesting one to get round. You know, it, it's a really effective, solid product. We've made it really simple, and and some people find that sort of a little hard to digest. Well, hang on. Well, if it's great, why isn't it more complicated?
1: You know yeah i've never thought of it like that edge your bets for the doubters out there that think it's too it's too good to be true this simplicity just have a chat with those and i think most people will, will welcome that simplicity so i i was actually watched a couple of ted talks online about simplicity knowing that this was a theme of what we were talking about and it's generally interesting to me and this clever chat basically said for something to be simple it needs to be reliable predictable and repeatable. So I think I you, you're kind of t-
2: ticking those boxes at Owingoo. Yeah, we are reliable. I mean, w- one of the reasons IT teams, the sort of central support teams in, in businesses, love Owingoo is that once they're up and running, which, by the way, is, takes less than half a day to, to install, the number of tickets they get through, support tickets, you know, oh, I can't, uh, this password doesn't work, or I can't get it to do this, all of those sorts of things that support teams generally hate. They diminish they're they're reduced. we've heard sort of eighty ninety percent because it just works, and that's actually a quote from from several of our customers it it just works and and that's what they want, so simplicity is 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 something people are actually always looking for and as I said earlier, no one wants complexity if it doesn't need to be, why have it?
1: totally agree and that's I think it's that that's got me thinking about this whole disruptor piece, so sometimes disruptive technologies or disruptive ideas are built around simplicity but it might not always be easy to think of something coming along that you know it saves people money and to think of it as disruptive in the same way as we we do other stuff so when you think about disruption out there technology wise what springs to mind for me is things like netflix uber airbnb and i would say my favorite that i use probably more than the others is Monzo Bank I think it's a great disruptive company and at ASM we've been thinking about disruption because we're running this campaign around save innovate and disrupt and it was surprising I'm thinking which are the disruptors you know who's our Netflix who's our Uber amongst our strategic partners but then some of my colleagues have put you guys in that disruptor box maybe not in in the way that we think but what are you thinking about the same sort of companies as I am when we talk about disruption? Or have you got any other examples? Or
2: yeah, I, I mean, definitely the sort of Airbnbs and Netflixes of the world. I mean, they're, they're sort of the classic go-to brands if you want to talk about disruption. And obviously, they've really shaken things up. There's a difference between innovation and disruption. For me, innovation is is you know finding a a better way to do something. Whereas disruption is is how that innovation is is applied. Yeah, I I think probably when I think about disruption, I'm I'm also thinking about even things closer to home like vaping. If you think back a few years, I mean smoking is obviously awful, and, and and I'm sad to say I did used to smoke. Um, but uh, there wasn't really much other option apart from patches and gum. And now, because of technology, you know, so many people, it's even on the NHS now, so many people are able to uh, have that alternative because of technology. That's obviously going to have a powerful impact on uh, on all the negative sides of, of, of smoking. And then the, I guess the, an, another one would be, and I've got a little bit of experience in this, is, is the sort of virtual reality, augmented reality side of things. Again, you know, the innovation was there before COVID, but I think... The, the disruption probably comes, you know, where how that was applied. And obviously, you know, that was sort of forced disruption. Essentially, that's what COVID's done. So I think about estate agents using virtual reality to, to give, uh, you know, virtual showings and certain players in the tourism market uh, using it for, to sort of, you know, show, show people around a, a, an ancient ruin or whatever it might be. That, that sort of innovation interests me as much as the sort of big, big headline stuff.
1: Yeah, you've dropped on something that I I sort of, I guess that's why we're talking about disruption at the moment. Everybody's known about these disruptive stories, but since the virus, we've been forced into that disruption, which has focused on those different areas. With that, and if you consider yourself, are you a Netflix, are you an Uber, or is the disruption in the way that you disrupt the channel and the norm of of how people have accessed their systems remotely? Because I'm trying to apply it, in a different way maybe it's displacement but the channel is very much focused on the those tier one vendor solutions so they might use citrix or or vmware and and vpns to to do what yours does but you've come along and kind of said look we can do that easier simpler faster and we're focused on it is is that disruption or is that displacement
2: probably a combination of the two uh i think it is disruption we do have our own proprietary technology the product itself is pretty unique but but i think i think the disruption definitely comes around that addressing that complexity and just making it easier that the product itself is easy but it's you know it's easy to deal with a wing you have an amazing support team you know our website's nice and clear i guess we are we're, we're disrupting that the that sort of perception of some of these big big tech companies that have been around for a long time just to sort of show people that actually you don't you don't have to go down that route that there are there's a simpler way one of the most common scenarios we find is is businesses needing to address their legacy infrastructure their legacy IT um, including applications that are nearly as old as me you know and and I think any technology that can sort of help you do that easily is is always welcome and a wing is definitely one of those you know uh, when I think about certain businesses the the amount of money they're spending needlessly every year with some of the big the big names it's sort of you just think maybe actually someone needs to take a step back and look at it and we are finding that you know again COVID has definitely been a a, a driver of this where you know cost cutting is is high on the agenda now it just is Um, pretty much every industry has been affected
1: yeah, exactly. It definitely, t- I know it ticks that savings bo- box for us uh, without a shadow of a doubt. And I guess looking back at some of those disruption, uh, disruptive companies like Monzo Bank, they took a problem and they wanted to make it easier for people. They they built their solution around the user experience. And um, I'm trying to sort of work out how you came at into the market as a disruptor. Did do you know if your company started with There's some technology out there that does this. Let's take it and do it better and do it more simple. Or did you come at the whole thing with let's start from scratch and build something to solve a problem, but with the user in mind first? Do you know how how it evolved into what it is now?
2: Yeah, my understanding is it's definitely the latter. So we, we wanted to put... The end user and also the the IT admin people quite often you know forget about they are the ones dealing with whatever application it might be that you know, problem solving you know and that they're as important if not more important than the end user but yeah it, it was I think a case of you know we want to be able to offer something that is is you know groundbreakingly simple and that's kind of the, one of the USPs about Wingu but but also based on our own technology as well uh, and, and that go, that goes hand in hand you know if i think about our architecture it's it's just phenomenally straightforward um, and it can be drawn in a really simple diagram rather than some of the uh, really complex diagrams i do see out there
1: so it's not a like simplicity front end on a very very complex thing going in the background it's, it's even simple in terms of the architecture in the background that's that's a surprise to me that's brilliant if that's the case
2: well it, yeah I mean look it plugs into your your existing infrastructure so it sort of depends on how you know how you're set up and, and everyone has different setups frankly but what it does mean is that on the front end the user experience is really simple the administrator doesn't have any of the the usual sort of problems because Wingy works with any back-end infrastructure any cloud of the customer's choice there they're able to sort of select what they want and not get tied in for years and years with subscription contracts for for storage
1: yeah i think i think that's why um my colleagues have taken it on and i know between us we've got some great conversations going out there uh, going on with the customer base people are picking up on that and if if our guys you know if sales people and customer relationship people can pick up on the simplicity and can describe how the solution works and what it does, then it gets the conversations going. I think we've we've had some early successes with that, and yeah, I look forward to developing some of those
2: conversations out with the customers. Yeah, definitely. Now, likewise, Steve. Uh, now, there's, I mean, I've actually been blown away how how well it's been received, but by the channel generally, and. You know, we've all, we're already talking with with some pretty pretty big brands, so that's that's hugely exciting. And you know, we're we're headquartered in Belgium and Ghent, and and the UK and Ireland markets are are relatively new for us. But I'm excited about the next few months and, and going into next year.
1: Great, plenty to go at. I've worked in the channel for quite a long time, and yeah, something simple comes along, I think people are going to jump on board. So I'm looking forward to seeing that build out. That just sort of moves us along nicely actually into this whole idea of simplicity and finding solutions that we can understand and communicate. I don't know if it's in just in these times or if it's always been the case that, you know, if you can make it easier for us to go out there and do our jobs, that sort of simplicity is what we're looking for and that makes it successful. And I think that does tie into wanting a simple life in general a little dicky bird tells me that you may have just had a significant birthday uh, <laughs> and i don't know if getting to a certain age gives you that desire for a simple life um or or does everybody want a simple life at home and a simple life at work as has that always been different or is it all coming together
2: now what you know i think yeah that's that's a really interesting point i think i mean certainly you know i recently turned 40 and that that kind of it allows you to have a bit more perspective on things. Um I've recently discovered mindfulness as well. Whereas you'd ask me that 10 years ago I would have just laughed at you. So it's sort of I mean certainly for me I think you know having a nice simple life it's you know stress free is the goal. I think it's everyone's goal. We're living in a society in a workplace now that you know it's almost sort of non-stop and I think uh, people are also recognizing at the same time that that health is you know, health, mental health and um, well-being is right up there and should be right up there on the priority list. And and it's great, actually, in recent uh, times that, that that's sort of become you know far more far higher on the agenda. So I think, you know, having having that sort of simplicity thing is, is about keeping life simple so you can be uh, effective, enjoy your work, but also knowing how to switch off, when to switch off um, and actually enjoying enjoying your, your downtime, too.
1: Maybe it is when you get to a certain age that you desire that simplicity. But I think people have often separated their home and work life. So we can often work in complicated organizations selling complicated products. And, and I wonder if that pushes us to desire that simplicity at home and we can keep the two separate. You shut the door on work, you leave the office and you go home and, and you you strive the simplicity that you may not have <laughs> experience throughout your day in work but I'm wondering if this crossover now that we're working from home or more of us are working from home than were before can we push some of that desire for simplicity back the other way and say look this is what I want at home I also want it in the workplace now so you know let's simplify everything please is that you know does that something you think we can progress with or, or... yeah
2: I, I think so I, I think so I, I mean i mean, people are calling it the sort of working from home revolution I, I don't know if it is quite that but but certainly far more people now have you know, discovered what it's like to work from home the majority of people I speak to like it some people would like to do a combination of work from home and, and time in the office there are some people who really miss the office and, and I do, do understand that the sort of The environment, the banter, being able to, as you say, sort of close the door on it, switch off and finish work for the day. If you're you're striving for simplicity in in both work and personal life and the two are kind of coming closer together in in a good or bad way, then I think there is inevitably going to be you know that one's going to affect the other and i think as long as people kind of make sure they still are able to switch off i mean there's there's a whole list of uh, advice on linkedin on many websites on you know best practice for working from home but as long as people can kind of make sure they get that balance right i think actually that that simplicity is something that that is is positively affecting work and that in a way of working
1: hopefully as 40 plus year olds can um can leave behind us a more a more simple working world for the younger generation to enjoy.
2: Yeah, you'd uh, hope so. I mean, I, I read sometimes about millennials, who I do think get a bad rap, actually, but how they're sort of, they're disruptors in their own right because they're dem- you know, demanding to work, you know, certain hours or not certain hours, or in, in, you know, on certain devices or whatever, that they... they They feel empowered to be able to sort of to work how they want to, whereas I think probably maybe our generation didn't perhaps feel as empowered as that. So
1: you make a good point because the millennials are brought up in the generation of, you know, if you want a lift you just go on an app and an Uber turns up and the Netflix generation. And, you know, if your first bank account is Monzo, then you think, wow, this this financial management thing's really easy. So, yeah, they're hopefully They'll look at a complex problem or something that's done overcomplicated and, and go, look, let's simplify it. I want it to be more like Google or shopping on Amazon. And um, so, yeah, th- I think we can rely on them to come and and call us out on the complexity that we've created. But let's not let's not give up on ourselves being able to influence this yet, Daniel. I think I think there's there's time and there's hope for us.
2: Yeah, I'd agree, Steve. I'd agree.
1: (laughs) So I think that's a good place to sort of sum up, really. And and in the spirit of things, I think I would keep a summary simple. I think based on my experience with Oingu and talking to you, I think if we can focus on a a single problem and develop a solution that's easy to communicate, then I think people are always going to appreciate that simplicity. So that's that's what I'm sort of taking from this and grow your own veg to put on your takeaway pizza. Is is there anything you'd like to say to sort of get a message across or or, or summarize your views?
2: I think I think it's, it's summed up nicely. I think my main point to, to to mention is is that simplicity doesn't necessarily mean inferiority. More and more actually there's examples where simplicity can prove to be as effective, often more effective than a than a more complex solution a Wingu is is through and through simple easy and we're proud of that born in the cloud a Wingu actually means cloud and it's one of those propositions that's just great great works great it does what it says on the tin so it's something you know we'd love you to get in touch about
1: yeah that's that's a great great summary great ending that i've really enjoyed speaking to you, daniel thanks for joining us i know everybody's busy at the moment uh, so i really appreciate your time Thanks very much, Steve. No problem. Um, one last thing: you've just mentioned that a wingu means cloud. Can you mm. elaborate on that? Because you know, where in what language does that mean
2: cloud? Yeah, it's, I, I get asked this a lot. It's it's actually in Swahili. Uh, we don't, to my knowledge, have any connections whatsoever with Africa. But the founder wanted to choose something that would would stand out, but still have some meaning. So, so he went for a wingu. But we do get some funny comments sometimes. I have to say all sorts of things around Charles, children's cartoons and whatnot but yeah at least it's a memorable name
1: well he picked he picked a word he liked and he used it that's uh yeah, simple enough exactly. isn't it so yeah. excellent thank you very much daniel
0: thank you so much for listening to this episode of asm connected what a fantastic conversation there packed full of insights from daniel and Stephen. over the next few weeks we've got some more great guests coming up on our podcast So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out if you enjoyed this episode, then we'd really appreciate if you could leave a review on your podcast app of choice. Finally, if you'd like to find out more about what we do here at ASM, head over to our website at asmtech.com.